My name's John Redmond, and I'm the associate pastor at First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas. And today on Peace by Believing, we're going to be talking about the call of God. And uh, we know that the Bible is clear that God speaks to us and that God sometimes calls people into positions of ministry. God calls pastors and God calls missionaries. The fact is, God calls all of us to be His children. He wants us to all be saved, and He calls all of us to serve Him in some capacity. But the call of God sometimes comes to a person's life for a specific uh, vocation, like I say, a pastor, a missionary, a student pastor. And we're blessed today to have my father, Charles Redmond, who's the senior pastor of our church. And Dad, I know this month is a very special month for you and for, for Mom because the two of you are celebrating your 50th anniversary in the ministry. And so, first of all, happy anniversary to you. Well, thank you, John. I can't believe that uh, I've been in the ministry 50 years, but I have. Well, that's a long time. And today we're going to just be thinking about that. And I'm going to be asking you some questions about God's call on your own life, how you knew that you wanted, uh, that God wanted you to be in the ministry and some things that you've learned along the way. But before we get into that, I want to just say to those listening today, uh, this is going to be a very different program. And so some of you may be uh, wrestling with what you perceive to be God's call on your life. Maybe some of the young people out there are wondering, what does God want me to do when I grow up? Certainly, there'll be others listening today who are already in the ministry, pastors, staff members listening to this. Maybe, uh, who knows what your position might be, music ministers, and you're listening today, and maybe you're going through a difficult time in your present assignment, and maybe you're thinking about walking away from what God's called you to do. And so we just believe that providentially God has this program being played today so that it could be an encouragement to you. But first of all, Dad, as we think about God's call, I mean, when God called you into the ministry, uh, did you hear an audible voice? Did God speak to you that way? Or, or how exactly did God call you? Well, no, John, I did not hear an audible voice, but what I felt was something more real than that. You know, John, of course, you've heard me tell the story. Uh, I grew up, as well as your mother, we both grew up going to church very faithfully. Both of us had uh, families that were very faithful in the church. But as a boy growing up, it never entered my mind that one day I would be a minister. It just, I never thought about that. And even as a teenager and even as a young man, even a young adult, um, I was uh, 27 years of age when God called me in the ministry. And, of course, your mother and I had married three years prior to that. So for the first three years of our marriage, I was in the business world and was uh, very faithful in church, taught a Sunday school class. Your mother and I together taught a Sunday school class. Uh, she sang in the choir, and I served the Lord, and uh, you know, I would just be a, what was called a, just a good church member. But, but even that, it never crossed my mind that God would at some point call me into the ministry. But as time went on, I was doing very good in the business world and thought that would be what would make me happy. And yet there was an emptiness in me that I could not understand. And the assistant pastor at 
our church one Sunday night, he and his wife, who were about the same age as Dottie and myself, dropped by our home one Sunday night just to visit with us, and we enjoyed being with them, and hopefully they with us. And we were sitting at our kitchen table, and he asked me how I would ever be able to take my Bible and know what God wanted me to do with my life. And I really did not know how to respond to that. And then he went on to say, I really feel like that it may be that God is calling you in the ministry and you, for whatever reason, are just not uh, responding to that or paying attention to that or whatever. And he showed me a verse that really put me on the right road to know what God wanted me to do was Psalm 37, verse 4. Psalm 37, verse 4, that says, Delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. And what that verse means is if in our heart we want to do what God wants us to do, in other words, we delight in doing what God wants us to do, that God will put that desire in our heart. And not that Sunday night, but sometime later, I became convicted and convinced that God was calling me into the gospel ministry. And to do that was going to be a real life change because I would have to go back to the university and finish my university work, which I had not done. And then I'd have to go to seminary. We would have to move from our home. It just everything about that humanly just seemed to be so out of the question. But to answer your question, I had such a strong understanding in my heart that God had called me to be a pastor, that it was more real than if God had spoken to me around our kitchen table. And let me ask you, uh, you know, uh, how did you understand that God was calling you into the ministry? Well, you know, it's interesting that you use that verse in Psalms because it was Psalm 37, 4 that I kind of claimed as, uh, as, as a very important part of, of my understanding God's call. I was 18 years old, and I think that's one of the differences between our calls. I was just graduating high school, and I just had a desire in my heart to go into the ministry. I had a desire to preach. I had a desire to tell people how to get saved. And that desire just grew stronger and stronger and stronger. In fact, I think probably God's call first came on my life when I was very young, maybe six or seven or eight years old. And, you know, when you're growing up, you you'd think about it some, and then you think about doing other things. But when I graduated high school, I just felt a strong uh, desire. And I interpreted that as being God's call. And so I surrendered my life. And so I've been doing that ever since. But now, back to your experience, because I've heard growing up uh, and, you know, hearing you preach and hearing you share that, I've heard bits and pieces of this before, but you said something that was very interesting to me. This friend of yours who was the assistant pastor at y'all's church, now this was back in Georgia. Y'all were living in Georgia at that time. And evidently he sent something in you that made him think that God might be calling you into the ministry. And I know you're trying to get in his head a little bit, but what do you think he saw happening in your life? Well, John, before that, uh, your mother on two or three occasions said, you know, I really believe that God is maybe calling you into the ministry. And, you know, maybe I kind of thought the same thing, but each time she would say that, it would it would almost kind of anger me a little bit. Like, you know, I didn't want her, my wife to tell me what I was 
supposed to do with my life. And that's a pretty serious thing, I leaving the business world and, and becoming a minister. But, you know. Hey, if I could interrupt right there now. When you say in the business world, tell us, what, what were you doing? You worked for Allstate, is that right? Well, for an insurance when, company? when your mother and I married, I worked for an automobile agency. Uh, kind of helping people with their problems with their vehicles they bought. And then from that, I did go to work with Allstate Insurance Company as a claims adjuster and was very, very happy in that job. But Dottie's uh, father and mother owned uh, these one-eye martinizers, dry-cleaning plants. They used to be very popular in Georgia. And uh, each family member kind of had one of those. And... uh, I, I didn't really want to go into that business, but yet in time, it just looked like that was the right thing to do. So I'd kind of gone into that with her family, and uh, it was a very good business. It really was. It had a great future as far as, you know, making money. Back in those days, like we would clean suits, John, for – I remember we cleaned suits for $0.75, cents and we raised it to a dollar, and wow. you made more money then – for a dollar than you make today paying what you pay to get a suit clean because all the things that you use to clean clothes with and dry cleaners today have gone so much up in price. But be that as it may, I just was thinking, boy, if I get into that and we do good financially, you know, this is just going to be the, the dream come true. But yet inside of me, I, I, I just each, it just seemed like each day I just was more restless and I was not content. And and finally, I just felt the Spirit of God. Uh, I think my friend that was the assistant pastor, and I think your mother, maybe were seeds planted, but there came a point where I knew it was not your mother and it was not uh, my pastor friend. It was the Spirit of God saying to me, I'm wanting you to be a minister. So it, there, there came a point that I just knew. And I'm not sure that you know, I, I think, John, God calls people to do a lot of different things, not just to be ministers, missionaries. I think if you were a teacher or, or whatever you are, if you're really doing what God has planned for you to do, I think there was some point in your life where you became convicted that this is what God wants me to do with my life at this time. Now, it may change as time goes on. But I think a person's call when it comes to ministry now, I've never been a school teacher, but I would think it, you know, if a school teacher feels called, that call is what sustains you during the hard times. And I think you're making a very important point because we don't want to just give the impression today that God only leads people or that God only oh, no. calls people to, to work at churches or to be pastors or missionaries. But in fact, God calls all of us to do certain things. And so what I'm hearing you say, there were several years in your life when you felt like you were doing exactly what God wanted you to do. Well, you know, I think I was. Uh, people have said to me, because I didn't go in the ministry, I was 27 years of age, why didn't you go in the ministry younger like John did? Well, the reason God had not called me. But that said, those years in the business world were not wasted years. The fact is, my entire ministry has been really helped by my business world experience. I've brought things to the table as a pastor from the business world that a person who's never been in the business world would just not have ever experienced. That doesn't mean they couldn't do it. So as I look back, I don't look at those as wasted years. I think those are years where God was preparing me. Even as a boy growing up, I I was blessed to be in churches where my Sunday school teacher and my pastor 
uh, encouraged me to memorize Bible verses and learn about God and learn about the Bible. I look back on all that, and all of that was part of God's progression to get me where God wanted me to be. And interestingly, the three churches that I have served after seminary, each one of those churches, things that I had experienced in the business world, helped me pastor all of those churches in what they did in their work. And you had no idea when that was happening. You just thought you were living and and making a living and working. You didn't know that in addition to that, God was actually preparing you for what he had for you to do next. John, had I known that, I'd have (laughs) bought a one-way ticket out of town. It would have scared me to death. (laughs) Well, sure it would have. But, you know, there came came a point where you said that you just decided— that, God, that you knew that God had called you in the ministry. And so what did you do? How, how did you, how do you answer that call? How did you surrender to that? Well, first we went to Dottie's mother and father who we were in the dry cleaning business with to say that we feel like God's calling us in the ministry. And because of that, we need to get out of this dry cleaning business set up here. And uh, they were both very understanding and they just asked uh, that we give them a few months to to work that out. And then I, of course, went and told my mother and father. And then Dottie and I, one Sunday morning, came forward in, at the end of a church service and, and shared with the pastor and the church that we felt that God was calling us in ministry. So we made our call a public thing. And you just and once you had made that surrender, I mean, the decision was made at that point. Now, when you surrendered in that church service, were you still working? Uh, at the dry cleaning Yeah, I, I, I was. I sure was. Uh, for a few more months, I was. And then I had to go back to school. Because and, you had dropped out of college. Yeah, Is that, that right? was one of my uh, 2020 hindsight vision choices that was not very good. And we've all made some of those, John. I'm sure you've made one or two along the way. <laughs> I, I have well, several. if you can't remember, I can share <laughs> later with you some. But anyway... Yeah, that was a bad move, and, uh, you know, I didn't like school, and I just kind of quit college after one year, but okay. But I had to go back to college to get in seminary, and so Dottie was working at Delta Airlines, and she kept her job, and I went back to college. And uh, during that period of time, of course, is when you were born. Right. And uh, during that period of time, God was so good, a little country church, Providence Baptist Church down in uh, Rico, Georgia, outside of Atlanta, uh, they called us to uh, be their pastor, knowing that in three years we would be leaving to go to seminary. So if we didn't do good, they knew they'd be rid of us in three years. But anyway— you were born while we were at that church, and those three years were some of the greatest uh, learning years of my life. And those people, even till today, I still have a lot of uh, memories of things I learned there. But I served that church for three years, and when we went to seminary, of course, uh, you were a little baby, and we went to Fort Worth, Texas, and started our seminary training. It's very interesting. I can remember one of the stories I heard. I guess I heard mom telling this story when I was growing up is that when you were back in college and, of course, you were older than all the other— yeah, I was 27 years old. I know. You you by. were about about seven or eight, nine years older than everybody yeah. else, most of yeah. the people in your class. And, and one day you were in a biology class, yeah. and y'all were dissecting a cat, a dead cat. You were yeah. dissecting that cat, and you, as I understand it, and you can comment on this— you you walked out of the class, you walked down the hall, you got on a payphone, you called my mom, and you said, Dottie, God has called me to preach, uh-huh. 
And now I'm in a biology class dissecting a dead cat. This has nothing to do with what God's called me to do. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to quit college and I'm going to just preach. Do you remember that conversation? Yes, and do you remember what she what she said to you? Yeah, I, yeah, I do. She told me that uh, I, I needed to go back into the biology lab and dissect the cat. That if I didn't get an education, there'd be nobody want to hear me preach. <laughs> and so, I, you know, I appreciate you bringing that up. I, well, that's always an interesting story. And the thing that yeah. the way I remember hearing that, she told you, Charles, you get back in that lab and you dissect that cat to the glory of God. Well, that's uh, that's what she did, and that's what she said, and that's what I did. And I went back, and I I finally did graduate. In fact, I graduated, believe it or not, uh, on the dean's list. My last uh, uh, semester in college, I made the dean's list. I was very proud of that, well, and then went to seminary. Well, you know, I I, I remember when, when you got to the seminary after you had graduated. Now, now, let's put this in perspective. You graduated. You went to Georgia State College. Georgia State University. Georgia State University mm-hmm. there in, the Atlanta, in Atlanta, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then when it was time to go to seminary, this was a whole nother dynamic that you and mom went through because all of your life you had been in Georgia. All of our family was in Georgia. Talk a little bit about the uh, decision to leave Georgia, to leave home, because you could have stayed at that country church. It's a great church. You could have stayed at that church for the rest of your life and had a great ministry. But talk about the, the decision to leave Georgia, to go to Texas, and what that was like. Well, it was hard. Um, you know, your mother worked at Delta Airlines, and so because of that, we could we could fly free back in those days. Now, we don't fly free today. But that meant I could go visit the different seminaries, and so I did. And I visited out at uh, Southwestern Seminary in Fort Worth. I'd never been to Texas in my life, and I went by myself to visit the seminary. And it's hard to explain, but that same feeling that I had that God had called me in the ministry, when I went into the seminary, I had that very same feeling that this is where we would be going to seminary. And I went to a payphone. This is before you had all these cell phones. And I called your mother. And I said, look, I'm in the rotunda of Southwestern Seminary. And I think this is what God wants us to do and where God wants us to go. And so, you know, it's that, it's that same feeling that God puts in you that this is what I want you to do. And so that's kind of how we moved to Texas, why we moved to Texas. Now, is, so that's how the decision, and she was of one spirit with you on that, she right? She was 100%. 100%. Mm-hmm. So there, y'all, the two of you were together. But as you, even though you knew that God was leading you to Texas, leading you to Southwestern Seminary, uh, talk a little bit about leaving the family, leaving your home. What was that like? Well, well, at first, I'd never done it. You know, all my life had been lived in a very small circle, really. And uh, to leave your mother and your father and her mother and her father and our family and all the friends we'd known all of our life to move somewhere we knew nobody, I mean, uh, humanly, that was just hard. But what sustained both of us through that was we believe with all of our heart with that call. I go back to the call. This is what God had called us to do. So God's grace is sufficient, and it was uh, it was a hard thing to do, but it was a right thing to do. You know, I have that old saying, right's not always easy, but right's always right. And uh, that's a true saying. And and that, that our call, uh, the confidence in our call is how we made that move. And, you know, something as we think about the call and you're going back to college and then beginning at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary and, and then eventually graduating there with your master's degree. Now, 
When you moved to Texas, did you know anybody in, in Texas? Knew, knew one person that had uh, been called into the ministry from the very same church where we had been called. Uh, they were already there in the music school. Okay. And once you got to Southwestern and began your education there, I know Dr. Robert Naylor was the, pa- was the, past- was the president of Southwestern yeah. during those years. And he used to say to y'all, and I've just heard this because you've taught it to me and to my brother when we were growing up, and I've heard you preach this all my life that a call to serve is a call to prepare. And so that's really what you were doing back during that season of your life. You was you were preparing as best you could. Is that right? Well, that's right. And there are a lot of different ways to prepare. But for me, uh, seminary was the right way. I needed to go to seminary. And, of course, everybody doesn't do that. And that's I mean, God leads people in different ways. And today, there are a lot of different ways to prepare. But uh, I, I had the conviction that I needed to prepare myself to do what I felt God had called me to do. And it's interesting, when, when we, in all of our lives, when God leads us to do something and we step out and take a step of faith and obedience and do that thing that God has called us to do, He always honors that and He always blesses that. And so in your case, you and mom got to Fort Worth. Of course, I was there with you. I was a little fella, but uh, we were all out there, and it wasn't long until God led you to meet a pastor, Dr. James Coggin, who was the pastor of Travis Avenue Baptist Church there in Fort Worth, and you ended up, as as I understand this, becoming the assistant pastor at Travis Avenue as a seminary student. Yeah. Tell, talk about that. Just well, that, that'd be a long story, but in a nutshell, uh, uh, that's that was a real turning point in my life because Travis Avenue had more members than the county had where I grew up. Wow. And Dr. Coggin was such a godly man, and he had three daughters. And he said to me, I've always wanted a son, and I'm going to take you to be my spiritual son and teach you everything that I know about being a minister. So my three years at Travis— they were invaluable, hmm. learning from such a godly man. Now, I certainly don't yet know everything by any means, but had I not had those three years, I doubt I would have really been equipped to serve any church I've ever gone. So your seminary experience was not just the classroom no. experience. It was that experience that you had yeah. at Travis Avenue. Yeah, you mentioned Dr. Naylor, the president of the seminary. He was also a member of Travis, and so some Sundays I would preach at Travis. And Dr. Naylor would be sitting out in the congregation. Can you imagine how you wow. would have felt as a seminary <laughs> no. student? And Dr. Robert Naylor sitting out, Dr. Curtis Vaughn sitting out, some of those other professors. It was a very humbling and challenging time. It was one of the greatest learning experiences, both, uh, you know, in the know-how to do and just— uh, the academic experience that uh, that God could have ever given me. And Dad, was it during those years of your life that you came up with a little a little saying, or maybe you heard it? I don't know where the saying came from. Where God guides, God provides. How, how did you? I don't know who taught me that or said that, but I've said that all these years. I'm sure it's not original me. But where God guides, God does provide. And I've watched that over and over and over, not only in my life, but in so many people's lives. It's a truth. Then what would you say to that person listening to the program today who is thinking that God may be calling them into the ministry? I mean, I know you don't know them. You don't know their situation. But is there anything you could say that would just pastoral counsel to the person thinking about the ministry? Well, yes. I, I would say go to Psalm 37, verse 4, delight thyself in the Lord, and he'll give thee the desires of thine heart, and say to God, God, I am going to make you the delight and the joy of my life. 
And it's one thing to say that, but to do that's another. And then strive to just do that. Don't worry about what God's going to show you next. Just focus on God, and God will show you exactly what he wants you to do. He'll make it so clear. He may do it through people. He may do it through a circumstance. He will do it. But what you're saying is just say yes, just respond positively to as much of God as you understand. Walk in the light you have, and God will move the light. Wow. Wow. He'll, he'll, he'll move that light. He'll broaden that light, and he'll make the next step clear. And so I hope today some of the things we're talking about are helpful. Dad, I can tell we didn't cover as much today on this program as I thought no. we would. So we're going to have to have another program. Oh, John, they yeah, don't. <laughs> yeah, we are, too. And we're going to have another program, and we're going to pick up and maybe talk about some of the lessons you've learned. But I want to thank you for being with us today. I want to encourage our listeners, whatever you feel like God is calling you to do, just say yes. And God will lead you. God will honor that. Thanks for joining us on Peace by Believing. Be blessed out there today.